Dungeons and Drimbus is rated R for rude language, rough violence, and raunchy humor. I do declare here's what happened previously on Dungeons and Drimbus. After selling his crystals to recover enough funds for a consciousness transfer, Gary and Thomas head back to the hospital. After a rather tense conversation, they leave the hospital with Dot's consciousness safely stored inside a crystal in Jessica's purse. Jessica and Gary ride home for the night, while Thomas heads over to Dot's place to investigate, where he discovers strange writing on the wall that reads, You should have left well enough alone. Blood and a card for Valentine Investigative Services in the nightstand. I do declare, Your Honor is back in session. Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. The sun rises on the Eastern Orgaic Courthouse. We see a bedraggled Thomas Phelps arriving straight from Dot's house and very tired Jessica and Gary after having gotten just barely a few hours sleep. You meet outside the courthouse. You are used to having Monday group meetings as you kind of assess what cases are available, what you want to do for the week. Dot, having put you guys together, would usually kind of take the lead here. But this Monday, there is an emptiness as the three of you meet, sans your Nick Fury. Uh, Gary. Yeah, yeah, Gary. I put my elbow, like, gently on his head to lean. Like, Gary, co- coffee me. Co- go get coffee, please. I knock his elbow off so that he can elbow the ground. I fall over. <laughs> I stay there. <laughs> Gary, I need, I need coffee, please. Oh, wow, he said, please. That's uh, quite the development. A few feet in front of Thomas while he's lying on the ground, Jessica will conjure a minor illusion of a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. Oh, there you are, Thomas. Crawl for it. All right. Crawl for it, Thomas. I'm coming. Hold on. Don't don't go coffee. Just stay right there. I'm coming. Uh, all right. I'm going to drink some coffee now. You crawl to it, and as you put your hand to reach the cup, your hand just phases through it. <laughs> Jessica. Yeah, no, Thomas. Maybe you should be nicer to people, and they'd be uh, nice to you. Jessica, this moment will reflect in your next paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, satisfied that Jessica kind of got one on Thomas... She looks around to see if there is a coffee shop nearby. You know that Groomsh's Brew <gasps> actually has provided some complimentary coffee to the courthouse. Of course they have. Jessica will try to like hoist. 
Thomas up and drag him into the courthouse where she can get him the cup of coffee. Don't don't dirty my suit, please. He says that as you pick him up in his already very dirty suit from having fallen on the ground. And you drag him into the main hall and sure enough there is a little courtroom assistant there brewing coffee for whoever may want it this fine Monday morning. Good morning. I want it. Uh, oh, uh, I know that, Thomas. Gary, were you interested in a cup as well? Uh, I think I should stop taking that stuff. I don't know. I'm good for now. Yeah. Come on, Gary. Just try one. You'll love it. It's really good. Just one sip, Gary. Just one cup. Thank you so much there. Excuse me. All right. It's a Fearbolg. So Fearbolgs are these kind of like they're almost like cow people. Aww. And so the Fearbolg in a nicely pressed baby blue button up tucked into pants. There's no belt, but these nice pleated khaki pants goes, all right, one coffee coming up. And brews the little cup and goes, here you go. Thomas, did you want any cream or sugar? No, no cream, but put a lot of sugar in there. Okay. Say when. And they pull out a big sack of sugar and just slowly start dumping it into the cup of coffee. Uh, more? St- okay, just, yeah, just say when. I'm assuming Thomas is gonna say when, but I'm not sure. Yeah, there was like an inch, or maybe half an inch of empty space in the cup, and you just see the liquid rising as more and more sugar gets poured into it. Say when. It reaches the very brim. <laughs> say when. <laughs> it begins pouring over the edge. Please say when. <laughs> It drips off the table and onto Thomas's face on the floor. Say what? One. Here you go, Mr. Phelps. Come on, Gary. Just one drag. It'll be better once you do. There's a mountain surrounded by coffee in your cup. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's sugar. More for me. Daddy can't be good for you. Ah. Uh, okay. Where am I? Where, where, where are you? Thomas, you're at the courthouse in the East Argaic region. Yes, of course. I know where the courthouse is, Jessica. Please, don't insult my intelligence. The Fearbolg is desperately using a napkin to try and wipe some of the coffee off of their shirt. I'm terribly sorry about that. It's okay. What happened here? What did, what did you do? I gave you your coffee. Good. Just how I like it. And he takes a bite of the sugar mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling a little better there, Thomas? Much better. Assistants, listen. I need to tell you something. I went to Dot's place of residence yesterday and investigated the crime scene. Oh, my. I found a couple pieces of valuable information there. First of all, we have a suspect, I believe. I looked into Dot's nightstand and I found the prosecutor's Valentine's business card in her drawer. Yeah, I think... uh, we might want to go into, like, a private room to discuss that then. now. Oh, my goodness gracious, we're in the courthouse, for goodness sakes. Very good, Jessica. Let's move into the, the chambers. A private room. Let's go to a private room. Okay. There are a couple of offices slash holding cells for general use, and you can just go ahead and occupy one and put a, a little occupied sign. Okay. So, I found the prosecutor's business card, and... There was writing on the wall. I don't know if you noticed it when you were there, Jessica, but it was written in what seemed to be Dot's oil blood stuff and it had a very ominous message that God's going to remind me of real quick and then I'll repeat it to Jessica. You should have left well enough alone. You should have left well enough alone. That was what was written. Yeah, I, I, I um, 
I did happen to see that when I discovered the body. <laughs> Are you done crying, Jessica? <laughs> Apparently not. So, Gary, any ideas for our next steps here? So this wasn't just a mugging. This was serious. And it seemed like the message was left for someone. Probably us. Gary and I, we were uh, trying to help poor Dorothy. We, uh, we we noticed that under her, uh, I guess you can call them fingernails, um, under her finger metals, we we found like some some coffee grounds or something. Coffee. Wait a moment. Where where have we? Where has coffee been important before, other than it flowing through my veins right now? <laughs> well, uh, Thomas, I know that you didn't do much to help with the case, our last one, but... Uh, Are you kidding me? It, I've done, I did so much. We, we all did very, very great things with the last case. Are you joking? <laughs> it's called being passive-aggressive, Thomas. Um, I thought I'd take a note from your book. Oh, anyway... I'm just aggressive. Um, There's no passiveness about it. <laughs> At any rate, uh, remember, uh, it was a whole coffee farm. There was the Ramiff's farm, of course. Uh, they, they sold coffee beans. But then there was, a, I think her name was Kat Hara. Yeah, they were selling shipments to her town. She was the coffee person who would I, then, I assume, have coffee grounds because she'd take the beans and make and them grounds. Valentine was also drinking. Well, she could have gotten that from the courtroom. But... There's a lot of coffee involved here, is the point. <laughs> or maybe it's the cow person. <laughs> uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Good work, though, Gary. You're trying. I appreciate that. Yeah, all right. You know what? I need to investigate all the realms here. I think I should go get a coffee. Why not? I'll be right back. If you must. Hey, what kind of, what kind of coffee do you want? And Gary's nose just poking over the table. Like, <laughs> yeah, um... I guess just a coffee with milk. All right, here you go, Mr. Uh, Mogbile. And then the person unbuttons a little flap on the shirt and squeezes some milk and says, Say when. Oh, when <laughs> were you going to tell me about that? What? It's, <laughs> Jesus. It's fresh. Hey, all right. I mean, I'll, I'll try anything once, I guess. Here you go. Sorry, would you prefer vegan milk? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's, oh, it's quite good, actually, yeah. Thanks, I make it myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm going to take this back. Uh, thanks again. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> Who did we piss off during that last case that might want to leave us a message like that? <laughs> in terms of pissing people off, I'm not sure that we piss people off in terms of murder. My goodness, uh, but, you know... Well, you more so pissed off me a Ramoth with the charm person thing. Uh, I don't think she was uh, very pleased about you at all. And I don't think she was very pleased about being exposed as a uh, someone who takes drugs while on the stand. Then, of course, there was uh, Kat Hara, who we had her basically purging herself on the stand. So she could definitely be brought up on charges for perjury. So that could uh, be a serious threat to her business. We caught her for the liar she is. That's right. It seems we've pissed a lot of people off, especially finding the innocence in the man that killed, you know, someone's husband, someone's father, uh, someone's point of sale when it comes to coffee. There's a lot of enemies we may have made in that last case, but... 
it comes to narrowing oh, it down. Oh, one you made last uh, night. You made one last night. Well, right, but that was after the murder, so we could rule her out. God, where'd you say the coffee was from? The complimentary coffee? Grimsh's Brew. Which, that is the company that's Kat Hara's company. I think she's our prime suspect, her and the prosecutor. God, where was Kat Hara from again? What was the town called? Brookhaven. It is a, like a suburb of Opula, basically. I think Brookhaven might be a good place to check out. Go knock on Katara's door. Hey, I think that's uh, that's not a bad idea. Our, I mean, now, since we would be investigating, not to, I mean, as much as I want to help Dorothy, I will say just the practical part of me in the back of my head is thinking about in terms of uh, bills to pay and things. Um, I'm not sure doing a pro bono case for a, a, a dead colleague is gonna exactly, um, well, Poor Gary here, he's got a family to feed, and uh, I just have a sense that he might uh, need some monetary help, and I think maybe if we try to maybe multitask, if we can, maybe see if there's any cases that can uh, <laughs> that can be uh, taken upon us so we can, uh, you know, uh, do both at the same time. I think, I mean, I, I don't want to step on any toes here. I Just uh, shoot me down if you think I'm not saying something smart. Well, I'd be happy to do that. You want to solve two cases at once, Jessica? Yeah. Are you insane? <laughs> we can't do that. I, I, I'm not saying... <laughs> well, what did we come here for? This is our job. Right. But our friend, I, uh, co-worker was murdered last night. But you said friend. Oh. I, co-work- I said co-worker. She's my assistant. Assistant to the boss, me, I, Thomas. Um, anyway, he's turning bright red, the same color as his coat. Same color as his coat. Uh, we we should prioritize perhaps our our colleague's murder. For, but I do see your point of making money, at, seeing as we are out of that now. Why don't we... Has anyone reported this murder to the authorities yet? Do they know about this? Sure don't. Not that I know of, at any rate. Maybe we should do that. So so maybe we could defend whoever's on trial for Dot's murder. <laughs> well, while finding the... Or prosecute. Maybe we could prosecute someone. If it makes money. So we'll investigate, and then we'll prosecute whoever we want to accuse and make money for it. Okay, so I guess... The next order of business is reporting the murder of Dorothy Oz to the reclaimers. Is is that what you're proposing, Tamas? I am proposing we go talk to the judge right now. We'll let him know that we are going to search for someone to prosecute for the murder of Dot. And in that case, the court will pay us for our work since we are actively prosecuting someone. So let's go. Let's go talk to the judge. Sounds like a plan. And as luck would have it, almost as if God was on your side, (laughs) as you exit this private meeting room, who do you see entering the courthouse but the dwarven judge, Judge Gardner, in his (gasps) little robe and carrying a gavel in hand. Udgy, your beard is luscious as ever on this fine day. I do declare, are you coming on to me, defense? Well, would you be angry if I said yes? Well... A little unprofessional, but maybe catch me after work and we'll see how I feel. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. We're busy people, us. Ah, yes, yes. What can I do for you today? Oh, where's, uh, where's Dorothy? Well, that's why we're here, Judge. Uh, 
Jessica, assistant, would you care to fill the judge in on what's been going on? Yeah, sure thing. Jessica reaches into her purse, grabs the glowing purple crystal, pulls it out and goes, yeah, here's Dorothy. I do declare, oh, goodness gracious, no. What happened? Well, your honor, uh, Dorothy was attacked last night in her own home. By whom? That's what we're trying to figure out. So we took Dorothy to Mount Sinius and we transferred her consciousness. And now we are reporting her murder and we would like to uh, prosecute the murderers. Well, I, I, I do declare we must find justice for an agent of the court. Uh, have you any suspects? Not at the moment, Your Honor, but uh, we are planning to go investigate now. We just uh, wanted to run it by you first if we could uh, pursue this kind of action. Perhaps it's a little early, but after your performance on Friday, I, I really, I was rather impressed with your thorough work. Understand it's pro bono, but if you find a suspect, I'd, I'd be happy to grant you this contract. So, uh, your first case is a prosecution. So it wouldn't be paid if... It, well, it'd be paid if you bring a suspect to prosecute. But I cannot pay you for the investigation in between. Understood. Thank you, Your Honor. Of course. Uh, good luck. And may justice prevail. Thank you, Judge Gardner. Of course. And he goes about his day. Now to follow the tracks. You said it, Gary. Everybody, it's Nick B. B as in, boy, I can't wait to hear this week's ad. So let's get it on. Let's get to it so we can get you back in there. All right. We're going to clean you up. We're going to get you nice and prepared. We're going to refresh you. Right. Get you get you going. Good for the second round here. So today's episode is supported in part by Elderwood Academy. Uh, they make a ton of awesome TTRPG gear over there, including mini metal Phoenix dice, spellbook dice boxes, scroll rolling trays, and they even have a special Trimbus catapult for those extra special rolls, ladies. But I think Gary and Thomas can tell you a bit more about that. We see Thomas, Gary, and Jessica riding at full speed toward Brookhaven. Thomas, what's your armor class? Twelve. Gary, roll a ranged attack. Uh, I got a two. <laughs> okay, Thomas, as you ride, uh, you're galloping, and you feel something just whiz past your ear a little. What on earth? And he, he turns around behind him. Gary, roll another ranged attack. That's a sixteen. Okay, <laughs> Thomas... As you turn around, a little pointy D4 smacks you right in between the eyes. Gary! Does Tony chuckle a little bit? Oh, yeah. T Tony has been conspiring with you for the last, like, two minutes. <laughs> and you see Gary and Tony have built what looks like a little catapult as you are galloping atop Tony's head. And Gary is loading little dice into it and, <laughs> and firing them at you. Gary... I enough of that. What, what on earth could you possibly be doing? This is ridiculous. How many times have I told you enough of the toys? 
Gary gets a 19. <laughs> okay, Thomas, you take one damage uh, as this time a d20 just smacks you uh, in the forehead. <laughs> Gary, that hurt. Why do you keep doing that to me? I treat you so well. I pay you just under minimum wage. I let you bring along that dirty, dirty pony that you love so much. I don't see why you keep throwing these dice at me. Looks like somebody didn't take notes at the Elderwood Academy. Here's one note you can put next time you make a $25 or more purchase. Two words. Drimbus Catapult. Ooh, a 16. Okay, uh, Thomas, a little metal D6 flies at you and lodges itself right in your ear canal. <laughs> ah! I try to knock it out like there's water in there. He never listened anyway. This is mine now, Gary. Thank you. Where did you say you got this again? The what academy? Thomas, come on. The, the Elderwood Academy where they have dice trays. And I throw a dice tray at him from the back. Dice towers, dice boxes, and I throw those two, and more, and I just throw the entire store uh, at Thomas from this, from this bag. You see Gary had a satchel of holding, and he shakes it open at you, and just like this absolute fountain of dice accessories just rains down on you in popcorn. Oh my goodness. I must say, these are very well-crafted items. I'm gonna have to confiscate them from you, but Gary... I don't see how you could possibly have purchased all of these with your own money. Uh, a little fairy hooked me up. Aha. Uh -huh. You heard it here first, folks. For all your D&D &D needs, visit elderwoodacademy.com slash dungeonsanddrimbus to help support the show. If that isn't enough, then feel free to use the code DRIMBUSCATAPULT to get a free dice catapult with every order of $25 or more. Once again, if you want to support the show, check out the link in the description and use the code DRIMBUSCATAPULT to get that free catapult with a purchase of 25 buckaroos or more, my little buckaroos. And last but not lost, I gotta thank y'all, y'all patrons. Thank you, Jerry Benetados. Thank you, Queso Loco. Thank you, John Mitchell. Thank you, Kevin Dubrillet. Thank you, Terrence Knox. Thank you, Victoria Madrid. Thank you, Greta and Vignet. Thank you, Alejandro Lopez. Thank you, Ace Andrews. Thank you, Emrys Craig. Thank you, Ben B. And thank you, Thomas Murphy. Back to the show. I know you've been waiting. Let's get it on. You think Wimsh's brew is gonna have our answers? I mean, there's nothing to do but try, right? We can't rule anything out, so we might as well add that to the list of places to investigate. Let's go. And as you head outside of the courthouse, you see a cyclops kneeling beside Tony the Pony. <gasps> get back! Hey! Get back! I, was I just, bought that horse! I was just inspecting to see how he was doing. He's doing just fine without you. You look rather healthy, Tony. Quit sniffing my horse. Get Sir, if away. it were up to me, I'd give you the horse back in a flash if it meant getting our money back. But my assistants here had other plans, so here we are. It's fine. I'll outlive you eventually, Tony. And you see the Cyclops wander off down the road again. <laughs> Jesus, I think we need horse insurance. <laughs> hey, what's that? Uh, what's that? Uh, company, Guko. 
I thought you were talking about the admiral. Uh, God damn it! I, I thought we were talking about a fox. No, it's a, a country farm. I think oh. like a like a good acquaintance. Country farms there, something like that. Uh, okay, <laughs> that guy's a freak. Let's go. <laughs> you all right? You all right, Tony? You all right? <laughs> oh, you don't sound good. <laughs> Buck up, Tony. We can't have you dampening the mood on this case. Let's go. And he straightens up and looks up to the sky like a steed. Does, does he salute with one hook? Yes. <laughs> you all mount up and head out towards Brookhaven. Brookhaven is a long ride because you have to go to Opula, around it, and then past it to get to Brookhaven from where you are now. So it takes you a good deal of the day you're getting there late afternoon but eventually you arrive you see the beautiful skyline of opula you see the opal tower as you near it and then skirt around it and it fades back into the distance and eventually you enter the brick lined streets of brookhaven while it may not compare to the opal and ivory of opula proper this outcropping is a proper city in its own right Hell, just riding on something other than unpaved dirt always feels like an expensive luxury. So you appreciate the brick here. Tony, Popcorn, and Wade trot throughout the streets as the impossibly delicious scents of magical treats fill your noses while passing a bakery. You see meteries and concert halls and parks and weaponsmiths. Everything you could possibly want can be found down one of the lively, music-filled streets. Eventually, you come upon Groomsha's Brew. It is a large square building with a glass roof and a smokestack. The concrete walls are painted in a muted purple and large green cursive lettering is plastered along a large door of corrugated steel that reads Groomsha's Brew. There's a hitching post along the road with three horses already hitched up and an orc standing guard at the main entrance just past the spiked metal fence. All right, let's hitch up in the... That place looks guarded. I don't think we can get in there unless you charm that uh, gentleman standing outside. I could try, but this would be my last opportunity, so are we sure we want to waste... Let's talk to him first. Let's see what happens. Uh, we might have to sneak... Uh, if anything, I guess I'm going to have to do some... Uh... Oh, I hate to uh, bring up something uh, illegal... But I might have to trespass. Gary, don't even think about it. We are not breaking the law. Depending on uh, his, you know, persuasion, perhaps this guard might be uh, interested in one of us if we uh, try our uh, our ways and Jessica, like, rolls a shoulder kind of seductively. Oh, baby. I don't know, Jessica. I don't think I'm his type. It might not work. <laughs> okay. Let's go talk to him. You hitch up and you approach the metal fence. It's one of those sliding fences to allow, like, in our world, vehicles, in this world, caravans in. And so beyond the fence, you see an extremely muscular gray orc. He has one gold tooth jutting out of his lower jaw and two piercings on his left ear. He has a dark blue mohawk and he's dressed in this tight Groomsha's brew tank top with a black ripped jeans and he has a heavy crossbow in hand and a great axe slung across his back and he sees you approach and he goes, Oi! Oi! Uh, hello. Hi there. <laughs> hey. Nice to see you. What do you want? Um, We were actually interested in either like perhaps a tour or perhaps even um, 
some sampling. Um, I was wondering if you had any flights available at the bar. We don't do that here. You got an appointment? Uh, yes, we do, my good sir. Of course we have an appointment. And I'm going to pull out a parchment from my bag, and I'm going to use the spell Illusory Script, and on it, I'm going to cast what will look like an appointment for this place, for the three of us. So we see Thomas pull out a little parchment, and very subtly, you see like this magic glow in his hand as he grabs it and opens it, and you see the ink magically appearing on the paper as he holds it up through the fence, and the orc comes, and he leans in, and he goes... They didn't tell me about no appointment today. Well, all right. Come on in. Name's Kit Hara. Hello, Kit. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Do, do you know Kat Hara? Yeah, she's my sister. A lovely sister you have. I know. <laughs> all right, in we go. Right, all right. All right, go. Uh, uh, Gary, Gary runs when he hears go. <laughs> You see Gary sprint for the main door. So there's a big corrugated metal door. Imagine like a garage door almost. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Groomsh's Brew logo is printed. And then there's a regular door to the right of that. So we see Gary walk up to that regular door, open it, and you walk in. The interior of Groomsh's Brew is spacious, but every inch is used effectively. In the southeast, you see pallets stacked high with burlap bags with different names inked across them. You see Blue Cup, Mammons, Skybuck, and more. In the northeast corner, you see a very tight spiral staircase. Like those in the backs of some theaters. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The ones where like there's just barely enough space to go up. Leading up to a second floor, there's a brewing station in the northwest and a door in the western wall. Standing in front of the many pallets is a lean green orc with slick-backed hair and a fat bottom lip that seems to be stuck in a permanent pout. He leans on a slick black cane and he wears round spectacles with a chain running behind his neck. He's dressed in black linen trousers, leather shoes, and a light vest, nothing else. As you enter, he turns around to see you and he says, mm, Hello, what can I do for you? I wasn't expecting any visitors. We've just come to ask a few uh, questions about your facility here, sir. Mm, yes, what questions might those be? We're in the middle of roasting. Uh, roasting of the coffee, I presume. Mm, yes, I believe that's what one does at a coffee roastery. Of course. Well, I suppose my biggest question is... Who, how far is your outreach in terms of delivery of this coffee? Who do you deal with mainly? Largely to Opula, although the occasional supplier beyond that. Including maybe the outskirts of Opula, some of the smaller towns. There's certainly many boutique coffee shops here in Brookhaven. I didn't catch any of your names, I'm sorry. My name is Twigs. A pleasure to make your acquaintance, Twigs. My name is, uh... Crystal Method, and it's uh, it's just an absolute genuine pleasure, and I offer my hand, and I guess, should I roll a deception for that? Yeah, roll it, roll it. I roll a 12 for the deception. Pleasure to meet you, Crystal. I start panicking, trying to think of a fake name, and I look around, I'm like, uh, uh, and I, I look at the name brand of my shoes, and I see a uh, Michael 
and I look around again. Uh, uh, and I look at my business card and I say, Phelps, uh, Michael Phelps. <laughs> mm, hello, Michael. Pleasure to meet you, sir. Twigs Scaddle. Uh, we, we are fine uh, coffee connoisseurs ourselves. Big fans of coffee, especially me. Uh, it's coursing through my veins as we speak. And this very tall lean man bends down and he goes, And this fine gentleman here. Ah, uh, Gary with two eyes. Ah, oh, pleasure to meet you, Gary. Yeah, likewise. Very well. What can I do for you today? Well, just a couple more questions about your, your brand here. Who deals with the shipment of the coffee? Who handles all that? I do. That's what I'm doing right now. And he shows you a little clipboard he has where he's, like, noting While stuff. While he's showing him, I will sneak on the tight upstairs staircase. Ooh, roll. Ooh, man. I'm going to say roll a stealth with disadvantage because he's, like, talking to you guys right now. But, yeah. That would be 15. I'm going to say you get away with it. <laughs> you go up the stairs as Twigs begins going, as you can see, Mammon has ordered... Uh, I start falling asleep. <laughs> we had a Any more coffee. This time, Meanwhile, Gary, you go upstairs and on the second floor, this is where you see that glass kind of skylight that you could see from the outside. And there are these three large vats, basically, that are churning coffee beans. There's some sort of what you assume is, like, magic of some sort maintaining a constant heat on a plate beneath them as they're being churned. And then there's direct sunlight on the beans as well. Two of the vats are full of beans that are mid-roasting, and one of them is completely empty. And sure enough, looking at the beans and helping to churn them is Cat Hera. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, go back downstairs. Oh <laughs> Roll a stealth check for me. <laughs> Eleven. All right, you go back downstairs. <laughs> <clears throat> and I walk back like nothing happened while he's still talking. So we're really hoping to expand the business once we find hey. the replacement uh, supplier. Uh, Jessica, what? Get Horace up there. You have your tooth. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I, I take it out of my so purse. So anyways, what else can I help you uh, with today? And I wake up a little bit. Replacement supplier, <laughs> uh, what happened to the the first supplier? I believe. And as he's saying this, he I pass the tooth away. to Gary. Do you want me to put it in Cat Harris' back pocket? I don't know. It, you seemed to want it, so I'm just giving it to you to do as you wish. Okay. It's imbued, right? Yeah. I can try. Uh, I'm gonna sneak back to the stairs. Roll another stealth check. <laughs> Eleven. And he sees you going and he goes, um, are you going upstairs? Oh, is that okay? It's all right. Catherine is up there. And who's Catherine in the in the organization of this system? You guys seem to have it so well organized here. I mean, there was someone out front to greet us for the tour and everything. Oh, well, we are equal partners. She handles much of the operation uh, in terms of supply chain. I usually handle distribution. But we all... Do our share. Uh, sir? Yeah? Can I try some of your coffee, please? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. 
This guy sells coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what are you doing as you go back up the stairs? I think I'm going to try to sneak to Kahara to put the tooth in her back pocket. Roll a stealth check for me. So right now I'm just sneaking up to her. It's a 19. Okay, you sneak up to her. And now I'm going to attempt to place that tooth somewhere in a pocket of her clothing. Roll slide a hand. That's a 16. You don't even touch Cat Hera. You throw the tooth and it slides into her pocket. And now I'm going to sneak away. <laughs> Roll another stop. <laughs> oh, nine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes! <laughs> she turns around. <laughs> she turns around and she goes, Goodness me, I, I, I didn't see you that. Wait a minute. Mr. Cat Mogbot? Hara? From the court case? Well, you're certainly the last person I expected to run into. What are you doing here? Oh. Well, we were doing a little bit of an investigation on our current case, and uh, I, I, I must have slipped my mind that you would be working here. That's right. You did the... Uh, the coffee things, well, what, right? What brings you to Groomsh's Brew? Groomsh's Brew? Uh, well, currently, we've had a, a coffee-related incident, and uh, we were told uh, to look in the direction of uh, Groomsh for a coffee, coffee-related coffee incident. Well, what so, incident uh, might that be? Well, uh, it was quite gruesome, I'm afraid, actually. See, the, the, the subject was found with coffee... Uh, in 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 their uh, digestive tract, and uh, not to. I mean, we trust. Look, we trust your coffee, but uh, maybe the coffee was poisoned or something. So we just wanted to check. Uh, oh, yeah. Goodness. Well, uh, I'd be happy to give you a sample if if if, if you um. Give me one second. Um, twigs. And Twigs is very slowly making his way over to the brewing station in the northeast corner. He goes, Yes, Catherine. Uh, Twigs, would you mind coming up here watching the roast for a moment? I have some business to handle with uh, uh, Mr. Mogpile here. Certainly, Catherine. Um... I'm sure Miss Harrah can brew you an excellent cup. And he begins to walk to the stairs as you see Cat Harrow walk down with Gary. As Twigs is walking away, Jessica turns to Thomas and goes, Okay, if she sees us and we've given fake names, that's going to be a big problem. I think uh, maybe we should uh, hide. What, Jessica, what, what she doesn't know won't, won't hurt her. And I'm gonna limp up the stairs, following my nose, to try to get coffee. <laughs> and you begin walking up the stairs as Cat Hera begins walking down them. She goes, "Mr. Phelps." Excuse me, and I walk past her. <laughs> Gary, you didn't tell me the uh, the others were here. Oh yeah, the whole defense team is here. Oh, marvelous, uh, Miss. Uh, Oh, what was her name? Oh, hi there, cat. It's a pleasure to see you again. Oh, Miss Felcher. And she's like poking her head down from the very top of the stairs. Oh, pleasure to see you. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, Mr. Phelps, you look absolutely exhausted. You said there's vats upstairs? Yes. I'm going to go dunk my head in one like I'm bobbing for apples. 
It's not liquid. It's beans that are being roasted. I'm going to dug my head in one like I'm bobbing for apples. Jesus Christ. Roll a constitution <laughs> saving throw. 18. You take two fire damage as the very hot plate burns against your cheek and wakes you up quite well. I'm awake. I'm up. Where are we? Well, Mr. Phelps, you look absolutely exhausted. And you see Twigs is like very slowly making his way up the stairs. I'm coming. (laughs) Mr. Phelps, why didn't you come downstairs? I'll brew you a cup of coffee. That would be lovely. Thank you, Cat Horror. But we are a little busy right now, so I will have to take that to go. Oh, certainly. We we can. uh, Mr. Mogbile was just letting me know you were in the middle of an investigation. We can talk while we drink. It'd be lovely. Sure. Um, speaking of, have, uh, oh, Twigs. And Cat Hera goes down the stairs, picks up Twigs, carries him up, places him down, and then says, okay, everyone, please, come downstairs. And she says, all right, have, do any of you know how to brew coffee? Uh, I'm not much of a coffee gal myself, but um, I certainly couldn't dream to uh, brew it half as well as I'm sure you can. Oh, well, listen, this is our new dark roast. It's from the harvest, uh, the most recent harvest, from uh, Sapir. I'd love to have you try to brew a cup here. We, we want us to brew it? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Sure, why yeah, not? We're not here for that. We're a little busy. Well, we, we can chat. We can chat while we do it. And so let's just say that while this is happening, Kat is going to be walking Gary through like how to make a pot of coffee for everyone. Gary, roll a performance check for me, I guess, to see how well you master the art of the brew. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty good for his first time. 18. Not bad. Okay. As you guys are chatting, Gary's going to be brewing, and then Kat goes, oh, let me get you some cups. And she says, look at this adorable little thing here. And she shows you her beautiful mug. It has Groomsh's brew etched into it. And she says, oh, and watch this. I got it as a gift. And she pours coffee into it. And as the liquid goes in, it changes with the heat. So it changes colors from green to purple. And she says, isn't this just marvelous? Yeah, it's just the coolest little mug I've ever did seen. Wow. Anyhow. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm rambling. Please. Uh, uh, what was it you were here about? And she grabs some glasses and begins pouring everyone a cup of coffee. Oh, Gary. How selfish of me to steal this moment from you, please. Why don't you, Paul, your brew? Present it to you, uh, your comrades. Oh, oh, okay, sure. I love, I, oh, this one of these mood mugs, it's angry. I kind of want it myself. <laughs> okay, and you pour everyone a cup of coffee and hand it to your, your companion. Yeah. Oh, where is um, Miss Oz? Well? Jessica chokes back a sob. <laughs> She's taking time to She re- was murdered, Kat. <laughs> Dot was- Pardon me. She almost drops her cup of coffee on the floor. No, she was like murdered, like tired, like dead tired. She's being, oh, she's yes. rebooting right now. She's being recalibrated. She's dead tired. Exactly. Absolutely <laughs> slain after a hard day's work. Yes, I understand. You know how those warforges are. They just sometimes you got to reboot the system. Yes, they they, uh, they burn the forge at both ends. <laughs> Gary, I don't see a use in lying about it well what's going on here it's a good thing that i'm not lying about it then jessica just takes a big sip of coffee cat does the same thing in unison and darts her eyes around and goes i'm sorry i'm just getting a really awkward vibe here (laughs) how can i help you how could we help her gary tell her how could she help us 
yeah we will finish the tour of uh, of the coffee and uh, then we'll uh, be on our way i think oh, oh you're just here for a tour i do believe yes we are here oh. for a tour pardon me i wouldn't have had you brew so quickly well that's the finished product uh, this is our the most recently roasted batch from sapir uh, let me know what you think it's very good oh okay lovely cat may i ask you a question yes where were you between the hours of 9 p.m. and midnight yesterday? Ah, uh, yesterday between here and home. Where's home? Well, it's here in Brookhaven. It's uh, it's about seven blocks south of here. I see. Have you m- made any trips outside of Brookhaven in the past couple of days? Uh, I've been dealing with a lot of the business, you know, after what happened, of course, we was struggling because uh, I was only able to collect part of the harvest, so I'm going to have to be heading back out and... Oh, there was a whole commotion here last night. And goodness me. And um, just for uh, giggles, uh, do you have anybody that can corroborate your story in terms of uh, where you were during those hours that our friend here asked you about? <laughs> just for just for giggles. Uh, certainly. Uh, Twigs and, and Kit were here. They um, uh, don't bring it up to Twigs. He'll get in a fit about it again. Uh, but but you can ask Kit. He, uh, he'll, he'll tell you I was here. And you're telling the truth this time, right, Cat? Let me tell you, you're very lucky to be here right now. I could have thrown you in jail for lying to the court. <laughs> Pardon me, Mr. Phelps. Am I being accused of something? Should you be? I don't think so. Listen. Yes, I agreed to lie on the stand. I don't know what actually happened in Sapir. I don't know if you delivered justice. All I can tell you is our business was in jeopardy, and the actions I took were the best financial outcome for myself, for the family of the deceased. It seemed to me to be the lesser of two evils. You were instructed to lie? Certainly. By whom? Who do you think? Valentine. Are you suggesting that a member of the court asked you to lie for them? Let's cut to the chase. I know what you found in my room. Miss Valentine simply offered me the best outcome for everyone. Her room? Oh, did I not tell you, Gary? I found, you know, information and... I was poking my nose where perhaps it didn't belong. I found a card for Valentine's little service and it was in Kat's room. I understand why you're upset. Truly, I do, but what would you have me do? Help us? Help you what? Bankrupt my business? Leave a family in shambles? Pursue justice? Justice for a thief. An innocent thief? In terms of uh, murder, anyway. Right, he totally stole things, but the murder part, innocent. And, I mean... It's still early days in terms of... It sounded like he was very much interested in uh, returning his, like, kind of services onto the farm and and uh, helping them in the future. At least that's what he told us when we got him off. Yes, although it was difficult to see at the time. Hey, uh... <laughs> Listen, I didn't know where you stand on the whole religion thing. But a worshipper of Tiamat? Please. They're not exactly known for their kind hearts. Well, 
Anyway, the past is the past. What happened, happened. Yes. This is a new chapter, Kat, for you and for us. Why don't we, <coughs> perhaps, begrudgingly bury the hatchet? All right. And you can help us now. Certainly. What can I <coughs> do for you? We are investigating a murder, and we just need a little bit of information. On what? <coughs> Jessica? <laughs> Um, <laughs> or Gary? Uh, <laughs> Pardon me. Are you all right, Cat? <laughs> What's happening, Cat? Catherine? What's? Someone call call Lee. Or what, what the hell is his name? Twig. Call Hello, Twig. Twigs. 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 Um, Jessica, Jessica call is going to start giving her the Heimlich in case she's choking on something. You begin giving her the Heimlich. And you see her face is just turning purple, swelling up with hives. You see the veins on her neck begin to turn dark as her eyes turn bloodshot. Oh, and she looks at you almost like with these eyes of betrayal and begins clawing at you going, What did you do? No one drank the coffee, right? No one drank the I coffee? Mean, I drank the coffee. Oh my God. Gary, put, put your coffee down. Okay, I'm putting it down. And she coughs blood all over Jessica's face. <laughs> She runs for the stairs and goes, Twigs! I'm going to run outside and tell the guard to get a doctor. You run outside and Kit turns around and goes, What's happening in there? Get get a doctor now. Uh, Something's happening with Kat. No, not my sister. And he runs inside and he pushes past you. And as he runs in, you see Kat Hera clawing up to the stairs. And she falls dead, banging her head on the metal stairs going, And Kit turns around, pulls a great axe out in one hand, the heavy crossbow in the other, and he says, What did you do to my sister? Nothing. Honestly, Kit, we did absolutely nothing. She started- You stay right where you are, Twigs! And Twigs comes down the stairs and he goes, Yes, oh my, Catherine. No. 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 And he lays himself down across the stairs and slides down in grief. And you see Kit keeping a, a crossbow pointed at you runs out and he goes, Oi, you! To a kobold on the street. And he says, Go call the reclaimers now! And he holds you at weapon point, I suppose. What do you do? Oh my god. Gary! Gary, come here. Uh, yeah. You gotta get your tooth out of. Don't move a muscle. You gotta get your tooth out of the pocket, Gary. Kit, let me just see if I can do anything uh, about helping poor Catherine here, please. Just don't you touch my sister. Don't touch her, sir. It wasn't us. She just started choking and collapsed. He lifts up the great axe above your head and he says, "Say that again, motherfucker." It wasn't. Us? Bro, you're dumb as shit, man. <laughs> Kit, I pro- I'm a magic user. I might be able to do something. I'm just, let me just, let me just make sure that I, there's nothing else that I can do to help. Please. He lifts up the axe and then thinks better of it. And he goes, no, too easy. And he just drop kicks you. Like, he kicks at your knee. You take four points of bludgeoning damage. Ow. <laughs> you. Hex blood. Fix her. Okay, no. just give me just a second, and um, 
Jessica will go over to the body and start inspecting the body and will attempt to very subtly get the tooth out of her pocket. I'm gonna yell at him. You can't kick us like that. We didn't do anything wrong. You can't kick you him. You poisoned my sister. We didn't poison her. She drank her own coffee. Okay, roll a sleight of hand for me with advantage. With advantage, it's a 19. It was a natural 20, but I have a minus one to sleight of hand. You steal it without issue. And pocket it. And then I uh, just... um. I, I don't have any healing spells, so I, there's literally nothing I can do, but I knew I needed to try <laughs> get the tooth out of there. Just do some prestidigitation, make it look like you're doing something. So I <laughs> cast a minor illusion where I rub my palms together and you see little sparks fly out and I press my palms onto Kat's body and I shake her with my hands and cause a flash of light and like a loud kind of thunder noise as I pretend to defibrillate her. He keeps his foot on top of Thomas on the ground and he points a crossbow at you and he says, what are you doing to her? I'm trying to restart her heart with a little bit of an electric zap there. Okay, and I just keep casting the minor illusion. Jessica, check her pulse. Can you get off my leg, please? No! Okay. <laughs> After a couple more attempts of the fake resuscitation, I put my fingers under her neck and take her pulse, and I turn to Kit, and I say, Kit, I'm, I'm so sorry. There's... I, 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 I'm sorry. No! My sister! <laughs> What did you do to her? I, I, I swear I, Who I did. did it? Which one of you was She it? drank a it cup of coffee. Which fucking co- one of you? I don't know what happened. All I know is that she drank a cup of coffee and then she started choking, or at least it seemed like choking, but Who I- made it? Who made it? Um, she and I, she she helped me make it. You did it then! No, no she it helped me. She saw the... He Sir, saw the whole I think we might know who did it. We could help you find the culprit. And he lifts a great axe up with one hand to go chop at Gary. And as you see, it's about to come down at you. Suddenly, his like arm stops on something and his arm comes forward and the great axe is stuck in place. And you see three men in full black armor appear and the axe is stuck in place with some magic levitating. And you recognize three reclaimers from the city of Brookhaven. (laughs) Oh my goodness, thank goodness. Oh, thank God. Took you long enough. And they put a hand on his chest and they say, easy there, easy, easy, easy. Uh, He just made an attempt at our life. Can you arrest him, please? Heat of the moment. What happened here? Heat of the moment? He just broke this guy's leg. What happened here? It appears that the mug of coffee that she was drinking was poisoned. It couldn't have been the pot that Gary made because I also had a cup of coffee at the same time as her and I was not poisoned. So it was the cup itself that she was the only one handling. He killed my sister! She was fine! She she helped me make, I've never made coffee before. She advised me to the whole thing. She showed me how to do it. There's no way she would have let me just poison her, okay? There's no way. All right, all right. We're gonna need to take your statements. Of course. Okay. Fair enough. All right, everyone. You're all coming down with us. Someone take our body to the coroners. Everyone, please put your hands behind your backs. What? 
Are we being arrested? We are just being taken in for questions and statements, Thomas. Calm the heck down. We know how this works. I could walk to your horse. I will not you be... You have the right to an attorney. I am an attorney. If you cannot afford Bissell. one, one will be appointed to you by the city of Brookhaven. You know me. We are going to be taking your statements... Oh, God. ...to determine who needs to be held. It, it, the guy with the axe? You arresting him, too? Yes. Okay, fair enough. I'll go along, then. But he killed my sister! And one of the reclaimers goes, like, there's one guy who is equally buff. It is not easy, but he's holding him back. He's trying to get a Gary real bad, and the reclaimers hold him. He goes, easy, buddy, easy, easy, Oh, make easy. sure to bring Twig, too. He is here. We need him as a witness. Don't tamper with the evidence. Oh, Miss Sarah, I love you. <laughs> bring the coffee cups with us. Very good. And one by one, the reclaimers put magical restraints on you and then lead you out to this big steel carrier carriage, load you in, and take you down to the Brookhaven courthouse. This has been Your Honor. Your Honor features the vocal talents of Nicholas Palazzo as Thomas Phelps, Michael Pisani as Jessica Felcher, and Nicholas Benetados as Gary Markbile. The rest of the world is voiced by your DM, Giancarlo Herrera. This episode was edited by Michael Pisani and Giancarlo Herrera with sound design by Nicholas Benetados. If you'd like to support the show, consider checking out the links in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash drimmers. Our patrons get access to exclusive perks like our after-the-show show, After the Drimbus, where we discuss behind-the-scenes and secrets, free exclusive merch, and the chance to create items for the campaign or have NPCs named after you. Oh, and don't forget to tweet using hashtag Drimbus to be entered to win a free Dungeons & Drimbus sticker. Thank you all so much for listening, and I do declare I'll see you all next week. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. My friend Shayna was like, just so you know, everyone in the Villainous League is coming to kill you. And I was like, oh boy. Imagine NPR in the MCU. The Daily Planet's style desk. Car talk for jetpacks. It's these American supers. 100% invisible. The speech bubble. It's sequential. The utility belt. Superhuman Public Radio is a fiction podcast telling the hilarious and heartbreaking stories of people in a superpowered world. I thought I was going to die. An invisible car in Chicago. A wee supervillain? These are the stories that fall between the panels of comic books. I think they knew that I didn't mean to do that to Arizona. Wasabi! Oh my god, quantum! He could kill himself! Kid, I feel like you're not giving this problem your all. No, no! But yes, I guess most people would call them a death squad. Ta-da. Superhuman Public Radio. Super. Human. Stories. The only limits are your imagination. And I have a wild imagination. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is SPR.
Name the supervillain, and we've done the gig. But these Wall Street types that lack the answers to, yikes.